Thank you for joining us for our Renewal City Church podcast. If you're looking for ways to get involved, join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Roxy Theater in Longview, or find us online at rcclongview.org. We hope you're blessed and that this message finds you well. Good morning. As, as you guys heard, my name is Danny. I'm going to preface this time by saying I am not a licensed clergy person. Uh, if you guys have some issue or disagreement or any other thought about this time, please wait for James and then let him know. Uh, I can give you his cell phone number if, if it's an emergency, right? But uh, anyway, uh, I just thought we could start this time together by praying uh, and just opening up our hearts and our minds and our spirit to God. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for the time that we get to be here together as a family. Uh, and just to resonate what Amber was saying, we just declare your name against everything happening right now. Lord, we just we pray against anxiety and fear and doubt and unbelief. And we just pray your spirit be here. And it moves like we sang and that it changes lives. Amen. So I'm Danny. I'm 34, which is young-ish. Um, things hurt a little more every day, right? Um, but for this time, I'm going to take you back 20 years because uh, it's, it's just going to be worth it, right? Okay, so 20 years ago, it's about a month after 9-11, and things are really weird, right? Nobody really knows what to do or what to expect. Things are changing at the airports. Things are just different. It's an air of just tension. And I remember that time, because uh, again, I'm youngish, right? And uh, I remember thinking, wow, things are really weird. Um, but then, you know, we had to figure out how to move forward. We had to figure out how to keep going and do life, right? So uh, maybe the, the immediate fear has passed a little bit, and you venture out into the world, and you're thinking to yourself, okay, I can kind of do this. And, and you go in a safe way or Fred Meyer or wherever, and you look up and you see this guy. We can get that picture up there. That's me, 20 years ago. Uh, and in that time, you think to yourself, Lord, have mercy. And you want to know why I know that you thought that to yourself? Because I heard you say it uh, many, many, many times. And as, we're, as I was thinking about what to share and what to try and, and convey to you guys this morning on, on the topic of mercy, that, that phrase came to me, Lord, have mercy. And I've always sort of heard it in a negative connotation, right, um, because I was that guy, right? And, uh, and I would hear it, you know, sort of scaring children and elderly folk and, and just <laughs> people who weren't crazy like me. Um, and I would hear that, Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. And it just... I've always thought of it as a negative, but the more I started thinking about mercy and what it actually means and what, it, what we're actually asking for, I was really encouraged by the word mercy. And, and in fact, I would urge you to take back that phrase and make it a positive thing. Lord, have mercy on us. So 20 years ago, right, this guy uh, was not looking for mercy, did not want to give mercy, show mercy, receive mercy. This guy was just doing life. And uh, 
And much like the story I want to lead off with today, uh, there were groups of people that liked me and there were groups of people that didn't. And it was an immediate reaction. There was no hesitation. You were either for me or against me in one way or another. So I'm going to be reading out of Matthew 9. Um, you guys can flip there if you want. Um, but this story is the calling of Matthew, which I've always thought was really cool, right? Um, so chapter 9, Jesus is going around just killing it with the miracles, right? And we pick up in verse 9, and it says, As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, Follow me. And he rose and followed him. And as Jesus reclined at a table at, reclined at table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard it, he said, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. So there's a lot to unpack there, right? Um, Let's start with Matthew, who was a tax collector. And I don't know why it's a big deal. Everybody loves a tax man, right? I mean, we send ours, like, a lot of money every April. So... Um, But this is is a guy who was immediately recognized, right? Right? yeah, but he didn't, maybe didn't have crazy hair like I did, but people knew who he was because he was a Jewish man who was working with Rome to collect taxes. In essence, um, I would venture to say that if you were living in that time and Matthew came to your house, you'd go, Lord, have mercy. Here come Matt again. I got to pay him. And, uh, and it was it's a very polarizing position to be in, right? Either people loved him because he was doing a good job getting the money, or people hated him because he was doing a good job getting the money. So Matthew, the thing that I found interesting about Matthew's story is that he had this power, right? This power over the people that if they didn't comply and give the money uh, to Rome, that they would, he had power to arrest them or, I don't know, flog them, whatever they did back then, right? He had this power that was implied in his position over people, over his own people. And so I started, when I started thinking about mercy, I just said, well, let's just Google the definition, right, and see what's up. So if you do a quick Google search, mercy means compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. So it's really interesting to me that as you're reading his story, Jesus is saying, I don't desire sacrifice, I desire mercy. That's a very specific message for Matthew because he had this power, right? He could immediately punish or harm someone within his reach. He had this, this sort of scope and the power of Rome behind him that, could, that he could do that. So I want, I, and it's difficult because we tend to, we tend to lump, lump them in forgiveness and mercy But when I started thinking and praying about it, uh, God just gave me this idea that mercy implies that there is an innate power imbalance, right? That you can't show mercy towards someone if you don't have this ability or this power that you can lord over them. 
Forgiveness, on the other hand, can happen without that power imbalance. So, for example, if I have a disagreement with Joel, I can't throw Joel in jail. Uh, I can't throw Joel out of his house or tax him or fine him or anything like that. So, therefore, I can't show Joel mercy. Sorry, Joel. But, but if we come to, to an agreement or move forward, we can forgive each other. There's forgiveness there. And we can move forward from that point without having any other consequence, necessarily. However, if I were Joel's boss and I have a disagreement with Joel, then I can say, Joel, sorry, buddy, we got to let you go. You're fired. That's, or I can have the mercy to say, never mind, Joel, we'll give you one more try, but that's it, dude. After that, you're done. Um, so I, I really started thinking about mercy as this power imbalance and, and how it relates to the story because, furthermore, Jesus is talking about, I, I don't desire sacrifice, I desire mercy. And I'm like, well, why is that there? When you think about the cross, what's the first word that comes to your mind? Just say it. Wow, you guys are so loud. Sacrifice. 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 What else? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. See, you guys are right. You're also wrong. Um, <laughs> Because the more I delved into mercy versus forgiveness, I started thinking of it this way, that when you ask for forgiveness from someone, you are making that commitment to repent and turn away. In other words, if I harm someone and I, uh, and I apologize, I'm saying I will not do the thing that I did that caused you pain, right? So the burden's on you. When you think about mercy and you're showing mercy, you're saying, I could Im- inflict this pain or this, this consequence on you, but I am choosing out of my own heart not to. I'm choosing to willingly surrender that power that I have over you so that this relationship can continue. And what better example of that than the cross, right? Yes, forgiveness is the the thing that comes to mind immediately because we talk about atonement and God going to the cross to die for us so that we could be forgiven. But when you think about it, isn't that mercy? Because God came to earth, surrendered his power, his all power, to be here as a man, to go to the cross and die a sinner's death and restore the power and balance. Forgiveness is a choice to release. Mercy is a choice to surrender. Okay? Let's talk about it in 1 John 1.9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Right? We're, commit- we're committing to change. We're confessing the action, the burden is on us. Matthew 5.7. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Again, mercy, commitment to surrender. Judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. That's James 2.13. Anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. So we've established now then that mercy requires a power imbalance to exist. So what does that look like? 
not everybody here is a boss. Not everybody here is, uh, has a given power over another person in the traditional sense, right? None of us work for the IRS, right? I mean, <laughs> now's your time. Speak up. But then I started thinking, well, what does that look like in my life? Who do I have power over? Well, I have power over my children. They depend on me. I have power over, or inf maybe power is the wrong way to think about it. Maybe think about it as influence. I have influence over my colleagues, the people I work with, my friends, the people that spend time with me, my family. So what does that look like to be merciful, right? I don't know because I started thinking about it and what came to me is the times that I'm merciless, okay? And I know exactly what that looks like because the enemy is quick to point that out. And I'll be honest with you. I'll tell you exactly what that looks like for me. I know when I'm merciless, when I let my day and the troubles of the week and the anxiety and the lack of sleep and the just go, go, go of life eat up all my emotions. And when I lose it with my kids, I know I've been merciless because... I can see the look in their eyes of defeat. And I think to myself, why would you do that? Why? I'm merciless with my wife when I hold things against her that are not in her control because she didn't choose for me to be so busy and so tired and so anxious. See, it's easy to be merciless because you don't have to give up your power, right? So thinking back to this, this passage, Jesus has already forgiven you, right? We know that. When I asked you guys about the cross, you said forgiveness. So everybody knows that Jesus has forgiven you already. And the point of mercy is that he wants you to use that freedom, that forgiveness, not to lord it over other people, not to lord it over your brother, your sister, your friend, your coworker, but to show them mercy. See, when, when people looked at that guy, they weren't saying, God, I really hope he gets it, and I really hope that everything works out for him. In their minds, they were thinking, there's something wrong with that boy, and Lord, have mercy, because if you don't have mercy over him, I don't know what's going to happen to him. Right? And that's what I mean. Take that back. Own it. Lord, have mercy over the person that believes differently than me. Lord, have mercy over these people that I can help and are refusing that help. Lord, have mercy on me when I fail, when I fall short because it happens a lot. See, Jesus went to the cross to restore the power and balance so that you and I could be here today talking about this, living free from sin, enjoying forgiveness, and treating each other with the same kind of love that he did. 
Mercy triumphs over judgment. So things moved on from 9-11. Obviously, we're still here. And uh, I went on to, to live basically doing whatever I wanted to do. I didn't want mercy for a very long time. There are days where I still don't because that, that means that I have to acknowledge his lordship over me. I didn't ask for forgiveness for a very long time because I didn't want to admit the things that I had done and repent and move forward from them. You see, we were living in a crazy time, right? Because we have this incredible scope of reach that we've never had before. I mean, my gosh, I can get on my phone and reach like 20 people, right? Um, <laughs> but you can put things out there for everybody to see without regard for anything. And then you can see things that other people have put out there and have no regard for them because it's a screen, it's a laptop, it's, you know, the radio. It's, you're not physically in front of that person, so you can criticize them, you can judge them, you can measure them based on the things that they're putting out. And it's been really heartbreaking for me throughout this whole pandemic season the mercilessness that I've witnessed with one another. You see, Jesus didn't come to die for you to get up and criticize the person who chose the wrong political party, the wrong action regarding their own medical whatever. Jesus didn't die for that. Jesus died for you to go, I don't understand where you're coming from, and I'm pretty sure I'm right. So I'm pretty sure I have this influence over you. But I'm going to judge you instead of being merciful. That's been really heartbreaking. And it's not something that should happen in the church. If you want to be a little Christ, you have to be willing to surrender that influence over others. You have to be willing to look at it and say, I don't understand you. Trust me, a lot of people didn't understand me. Most people still don't, but some of you do. Um, I, I don't understand you, but I, I want to be near you. Because if you're merciless, you can't have relationship. That's it. If when Jesus went to the garden and said, Father, take this cup from me if it's your will. And Father said, cool, yeah, don't go there. Don't have mercy on these people. We would not have relationship with him. The benefit of mercy is always on the person that receives it, not the person showing it. That's why Jesus said, don't worry about the sacrifice. I have already sacrificed for you. Be merciful. Be brave in your mercy and show mercy to everyone around you. Now, I'm not saying you don't disagree with people. I'm not saying you go loosey-goosey and just, hey, whatever goes, right? But I'm saying when you find yourself in that place where you have the opportunity to look at your child in the eye and have mercy, choose mercy. Because it has been chosen for us. And if we are receiving it, 
If we're going to have mercy for being merciful, we have to do it. We have to actually surrender that power and let that person be the benefit. Because trust me, there is no benefit to God's mercy other than we get to have a relationship with him. If we believe scripture that says God is holy and set apart and can't be around sin, the only benefit of mercy is that you and I get to have that relationship. He doesn't gain from it. What does he gain? He could snap his fingers and we'd be done, right? He could judge us for every little wrong thing we've done and we'd be done. He could have said, no, I won't go to die for you. So what does that look like going forward, right? I mean, I don't, I don't mean to bum you guys out. You guys are really quiet. So. <laughs> so I was trying to think of questions for this week, right? Because I didn't want to hammer you with too much craziness. But um, I just, I encourage you guys to look around and see where your influence is. It doesn't always look like it does in a traditional sense, right? But I guarantee if you really take stock of your life and you look around, you have influence over someone. So if we can throw the questions up there, we're going to move into a time of discussion. But number one, where in your life do you have influence over someone? Is it at work? Is it at home? Is it with your friends? Is it at the coffee shop because you order fancier coffee than more people? (laughs) Where in your life do you have influence over someone? And number two, what would it look like for you to give up that influence or to surrender that power or to have mercy? You see, I, I try really hard to be a good parent, but it's really hard. And I know that there are things I could do better and I could parent from a, from a place of mercy instead of parent parenting from a place of power. Sometimes I'm a really crappy husband. And I know that I could be a husband who leads from mercy instead of a husband who leads from selfishness. I'm never a bad worker, though. I I do really good at work. (laughs) Right? Um... Where in your life do you have influence over someone else? Where do your words land and you know that they're going to matter? And what would it look like if you chose mercy in every moment that you're with that person? You see, Jesus was living in a divisive time. And we like to think that because we're so far removed, somehow we're better, smarter, more modern. But he was dealing with a lot of the same things we're dealing with today. He was dealing with politics. He was dealing with violence. He was dealing with illness, death. Not unlike us today, right now. And willingly he chose mercy. And aren't we thankful that he did? 
I'm going to invite these guys back up so that we can continue to worship. Oh, no, never mind. Discussion questions. Oh, there's a QR code. Oh, Lord have mercy, I forgot the QR code. Use the QR code on your table to pull up the discussion questions. Feel free to talk amongst yourself. I'm just going to pray us out. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for the mercy that you have on us. Thank you that your mercies are new every morning. Thank you that we get to be here free in your name. Lord, I just pray for every single heart in this place. That you would touch them. That you would show them where their influence reaches. That you would show them the times where you've had mercy for them so that they can move forward from that place and have mercy on others. Because God, we know you're holding on till the very last minute so that anybody who would turn to you has that chance. And Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for your sacrifice and we thank you for your beautiful name. Amen.